the Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. I'm realizing now this is where I should have either looked for some racist joke from Two Broke Girls or a sappy Danny Tanner uh, monologue. <laughs> so instead, I'm going to uh, suggest that you include uh, the, the song by Jamie Kennedy, uh, Rolling with Bob Saget. Oh, that God. rap song rolling with the homies or something too i don't no, know it's like, I'm thinking it's, of, it's like I'm thinking of clueless apparently <laughs> uh it's like who you rolling with bob saget but bob, bob saget bob Sa- yeah you no know what i mean but buddy does it better only guy who can do cool. it in a male yeah. sweater oh my the god cool- i think it's uh the coolest motherfucker in a cardigan <laughs> sweater cardigan sweater oh god it was i was just like vomiting those lyrics from deep inside my body i didn't even know that i knew some of them so if that sounded weird whatever but hey latoya uh so, uh yeah so as that intro hopefully gets you ready for we watched uh an amazing episode of the short-lived raising dad uh the bob saget vehicle uh and dad these specifically season one of only one season episode 13 mentor matt um this is the rich cronin episode uh where he guest starred as a young student of a uh i guess teacher slash professor in Boston. He's a teacher. It's high school teacher. Also, explain to people listening who Rich Cronin is, assuming they don't know who Rich Cronin is. Uh, R.I.P. What's wrong with you? First of all, what's wrong with you? Who hurt you? Person who doesn't know who Rich Cronin is. Um, but if you did, if you did somehow manage to live life and not know who that is, uh, I believe you would describe him as the lead singer, or at least one of the lead singers of LFO. The front man, because he wasn't really singing. He was kind of rapping, I guess. For those of you that don't know who LFO is, that is the iconic uh, rap pop group. I don't know how else you would describe them. I don't know. Boy uh, band. You can just call them boy band. Among other things, I mean, Summer Girl was probably their most famous song. Right? I don't know what else. Yeah. Uh, a Girl on TV. Yes, of course. It's classic. classic. classic another time is another classic. But, like, mostly yeah. Summer Girls. Which is, you know, I like Chinese food. Or, no, like, Chinese food makes me sick. No, it makes them sick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, there's the song... A uh, considerable pop, I would say. Uh, I mean, like, LFO is a classic. Like, if you want to hear 2000s and 1999-ish songs, you could put on some LFO and feel real nostalgic, I would say. Um, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately... Do you remember? Do you remember before, that summer? <laughs> uh, but he did pass away, I forget when exactly, a while ago, right? Like, uh, Yeah, so here's the, the crazy thing. He passed away of leukemia in 2010. Mm-hmm. And then Devin in LFO, who was like the one who could actually sing, uh, he passed away of stage four adrenal cancer in 2018, actually. Oof, jeez. Um, so the only member of the band left is the third one who was like not the front man and not the, like the singer and is also a, a Trump supporter. So the, yeah, there we go. Well, sadly, but I mean, so... Rich Cronin, for those of you who don't also know, was also, like, a very, like, 1999 kind of person who would guest star on, like, an episode of Rayleigh Dad. Like, he was dating Jennifer Love Hewitt around this time. Like, he has been one of those people that was just, like, around in the way that everybody was just showing up at, like, TRL and, like, was at, like, some VH1 reality screening mm-hmm. or something. Like, he just was around. So, they were I'm not surprised he I would say, up. like, weird. LFO was, like an o-town level of boy band basically although they honestly kind of broke bigger than o-town did obviously because you you know you get rich doing uh, guest spots on raising dad on the wb yeah and it's also odd too. and he was promoted he was never yeah. actually that like they were they were never actually that like quote-unquote like famous a band per se it was just very much like just the side of not a one-hit wonder but they were like kind of a four-hit wonder and they kind of just disappeared. Kind of like a lot of that music sort of just moved on and it didn't really stick around. So for some people, they mm. left those bands like Justin Timberlake or, you know, I mean, the, of that elk. I don't know who else technically left, but there are people that survived those bands. Like, I don't know, Brian McKnight. Nicholas Shea did well. Nicholas Shea did well, yeah. Exactly. Like, there's usually one, mostly women, like Beyonce and stuff. But you know what I mean? Like, of those guys in those groups, some of them went on to do other stuff and the music started to change to be different. But that, in that sync and time. 90 Degrees are more top tier boy bands, though. For, agreed. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, they're like, platinum like super super big among multiple records i would say lfo has maybe one platinum record or something they have one successful like huge hit album 
which is enough to tour on. They're a huge popular band. It's just that they weren't. They were more like a coloring band than they were like a like a boys or what do you call it? Uh, yeah, boys to men. Yeah, that, boys that's, to men that's or whatever. That's a so, good comparison. But sadly, he's very out of touch with this the background of this show. But at the same time, I don't dislike him in this episode. Like he wasn't good as an actor. He's, but he yeah, so he's got a charm obviously and also he's tall because I like Bob Saget is 6'4 and he was like maybe slightly taller than Bob Saget and I'm like ooh this is I, I like this can um, I give you a comparison to what it kind of reminds me of is sort of and I don't mean this disparagingly at all I like all these people I'm about to name it reminds me of like a older version of like a uh, Jerry O'Connell or like an older version of um, what's the other one that's like that uh, Chris Klein or almost like a touching up against like a Channing Tatum like a hot jock who you're like can this guy act or is he sometimes just like reading lines from, from far away so yeah. like sometimes he was just like acting really doofy and like clearly it was like the very first take they even gave him it was like rude to actually air but then there are other shots where it's like actually that was a pretty interesting like he's not who I thought he was because like the character sort of has like principle and like kind of stands mm-hmm. up for himself in a way that you didn't really think was going to happen and he ends up being a good guy I feel like if they had never wrapped that up in a good way, it would have been a very different... Yeah. I would have thought he was a shitty actor. But because yeah. they ended up making him a good person in the end, it made it like, oh, he actually kind of grounded the character. It worked. So... Yeah. He definitely... He has a quality. I think, like, he wasn't a good actor, but I feel like if he had wanted to pursue, like, really pursue acting and, like, had studied it, he could have, yeah. like, got become a good actor, I think. Kind so. of a Chad Michael Murray vibe. Honestly. <laughs> How dare you? Um... Yeah. He actually, I would say, it's also kind of a look thing, but I feel like the character itself, it reminds me a lot of uh, Christopher Wheel in uh, Popular as, like, Carmen Sarah Rue's older brother, yes. who uh, Sam has a crush on. Like, he, he has, like, that physicality, and it's, like, it's even that kind of character, too. Like, the moment um, where he says to Kat Dennings' character, it's like, uh, he thinks she's gonna like basically ask him out, and he's like, you know, I'd love to, but your dad would kill me. It's like, it's like this side. It's just it's kind of towing the line between, dude, you're 23, it's creepy, but like it's one of those things where he's like he's just being nice to her because obviously, and he's used to saying that to some people, I bet. Yeah, and he's probably yeah. had to turn women down, and I yeah. think he was just used he... to being able to turn women down openly like that, yeah. which is like whoa. Yeah. He sees her like a little sister, and he's just like, he's going to be like really sweet and not embarrass her, obviously, is what he's doing. You know, all the people I just named are all guys that probably have had to turn down sex, which sounds really rude. (laughs) Like, honestly, that's true in a way that, like, you have a certain level of, like, nah. And it's like, there's a certain, um, like, complete confidence and, like, self, like, assuredness that you don't need to immediately say yes to anything like that it's kind of like actually wow like he kind of didn't need bob saget to like him he already booked himself a room and left even at the end after they make up he's like bye like he has no it's like a total lack of ego in a weird way <laughs> even though yeah. it's not how you would describe john michael murray but his characters yeah. are very much like there's a complete lack of any kind of like care about what you think of him which is very it, interesting it's a very fascinating like stunt guest spot really yeah, for sure it it does definitely ring of like a lot of those like people from like music industry that were just dropped into like nickelodeon shows where mm. they're like walking around like they're kind of like robots and everyone's talking about them like there's this like alien and then they show up and they're just kind of like reading a line off a prompter and then they immediately leave and you're just like what was that episode but anyway <laughs> so yeah so this is i would say it's definitely like a stunt casting gone well but it's the show itself is kind of a goof in general. Um, we could talk, I mean, let's just talk about the whole episode, but it's just, the the show itself was kind of like around that time when they were trying to bring back Bob Saget. Um, and it, yeah. I don't, I don't think they ever really successfully did that. They tried a couple times, but it never really worked out. I'd say, I mean, mm-hmm. would you agree? I, I would agree. What did you think of the show? I mean, it's, it's, interesting because like i have i have a lot of memories of this time of of tv in general like i remember airing this i remember watching this live thinking like oh this is a new show that i could add to my quote-unquote lineup and i i was so i mean i'm sure you were the same way anyone who's probably listening to this (laughs) if you like tv enough to listen to podcasts about tv you may be the same person that used to literally have a calendar and wrote down what episodes or what tv shows were on which nights like before like if you didn't have a tv guide Mm -hmm. i didn't we weren't we didn't have tv guides that was that was like a lot yeah so I would just figure out which nights things were on and I would have a little calendar. And then I eventually had like a little like 
app I can alert my own calendar and add shows I have on my calendar. I used to love it. Now I just kind of keep track of stuff like online, so it's not as hard. But back in the day, I remember this being like, oh, this is a new show I can add to my, what was it? Is this still, you might know better than me. This is still technically the WB. It's yeah, this is one. WB. This is um the 2001-2002 season. I actually wanted to address that because... The final season, right? So, uh, this is the, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. There's still a couple more years left uh, for WB. It yeah, feels, so, it feels so final to me, but yeah, I agree. But, it's definitely the thing is, During, in the rip we watched on YouTube, you know, you saw like the WB, like, milk mustache. Oh, mystery, right! Duh! Like, I didn't think so about that. So that, that promo... It was basically like, um, it was for all the sitcoms in the Friday night lineup at the mm-hmm. time. And the thing is, so if um, you won, you would get to go on the set of one of the the WB sitcoms at the time. Here's the thing. Only two of the shows, two of the, I guess, uh, I think it was five sitcoms, they got, uh, or four sitcoms, yeah, two of the four sitcoms got renewed <laughs> for the following season. So this was the penultimate episode, uh, uh, penultimate season of Sabrina this season. So like you get to go visit the set of the final season of Sabrina if you if you if you want basically. Who wants that? Um, yeah. This was the season of Maybe It's Me, which is also only one season. Mm-hmm. Raising Dad, one season. This was the first season of Reba. So basically, Reba is the show you you pick because like, whoa, the, I the thought Reba was way before this, but yeah, wow, yeah, this is the first season of Reba because uh, so. Okay. Uh, I guess is does what I like about you premiere the following season or the season after? Because this is yeah, this is around that time. This is what I, I'll be honest with. This is when I stopped watching most of that stuff. This is the tail end of it. Lost a lot of the the regular viewers, and that's why they had to merge. I mean, we know if you haven't read the book, there's a lot more behind the scenes that went on. It was horrible, but you know, generally speaking, it was a lot of yeah. one season shows that did not last because they were trying a lot of weird stuff and like. They weren't trying to keep people. People were going on back then. The movie industry was much more booming. I guess it was still, uh, you know, whatever. But people were leaving en masse from like all these major like, network shows, and they were just losing their major. Like they lost. I mean, you could probably name everything, but it's mm-hmm. like I'd imagine around this time they're losing Dawson's Creek or they're losing. Yeah, this is like the final season of Dawson's everything. Creek, I believe. Um, what I like about you for for comedies would premiere the next season, and that would obviously last um, longer too. But basically, we're, what we're saying is like this is around the time of like the chart of like what lasted on the WB versus what had to go over to the CW. There's like basically everything that doesn't make the jump from like imagine like a you know like those like old school like there's like the divide like a there's one side another side there's a cliff. Did something make the jump? No, most of it didn't. I would say like three or four shows were successful. I would say over the over the course of like transitioning, and I, even Veronica Mars, which is probably the most notable one, was a failure essentially. Because they eventually canceled that one too. Uh, what other ones even made it beyond well, that? Like everything else, I feel okay, like okay. Uh, do you want right? to see show? Uh, let's look up two thousand five, two thousand six season because that would be yeah, all the shows that um, either died or. For the record, too, it's really sad on the Wikipedia that two thousand three to two thousand six is just colon decline. <laughs> so CW uh, WB slash CW. Um, Seventh Heaven was got canceled, and it was supposed to be ending, and then it got renewed, which me- meant that Everwood got canceled, and never forget it for that. Right. Um, America's Next Time Model got renewed to become joining to CW. Gilmore Girls got renewed for that seventh season. That was CW. Uh, One Tree Hill got renewed. So the fourth season was the first CW season. Smallville renewed. Sixth season was the first CW se- season. Supernatural, which means the second season was the first CW season. Oh. <laughs> it's like literally the uh, Supernatural premiered in the like the last season of the WB. So they're they they are probably their biggest. They were the roundhouse that kept yeah. them moving. Uh, let's yeah. see, because I know they canceled uh, Angel, obviously. Yeah. Uh, new new series two thousand five two thousand six before the transition to CW. The Bedford <laughs> Diaries, friend of the show. Uh, that was the <laughs> WB show. Uh, let's see, Just Legal is that the Jay Baruchel show? Yeah, John Johnson, looking kind of. Hefty, honestly. <laughs> I never realized that. Yeah, he doesn't look great. Uh, and Jay Baruchel. Um, Modern Men, which was... Was that uh, Jerry O'Connell? No, it was Eric Lively and Max Greenfield and some other guy. I don't know. <laughs> Pepper... Oof, I don't even remember uh, that Pepper, Pepper Dennis, yeah, yeah. Pepper Dennis and Related uh, with our Lizzie Kaplan, a friend of the show. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Lizzie Kaplan, Jennifer Esposito, uh, Keely Sanchez, and Laura Breckenridge. Um... Supernatural RZ, uh, Twins, which was, uh, which one was Twins? Oh, that was the Sarah Gilbert sitcom that 
I don't remember any of these either. Like, this is... I, I will say, I don't know how much of they realized the impact on at least some of us that Canceling Angel did to me. I truly just gave up on the whole network. Because it was bullshit. Away. The only thing I really kept... Cancel. It was. It was total bullshit. And it was, like, open bullshit where it was, like, they were openly saying, like, well, we had to pick one and we chose this one because these stupid reasons. It was like, what? You should never say that out loud. because Josh wanted you to review the show early, you canceled it, you fucking idiot. And they openly said that, and I think they thought they were shaming him, but I'm like, that's actually just saying that you're stupid because you you canceled a whole show over a petty squabble. You canceled a whole show over a petty squabble. And then, of course, he was, like, one of the highest rated on the fucking network. But that's a different different rant. Oh, we we can rant about this forever. But all I mean is, like, this show is a kind of, like, here's what, imagine, this is my mentality. They cancel Angel like that. After a huge campaign, we've sent all this stupid shit. I mean, believe me, we were all nerds back then. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was, people were sending shit into the network. And then, like, literally, they cancel it, like, egregiously in the middle, the last minute. Over, like, it was, like, basically almost about to start. And we were like, what? It's canceled. And then, on top of all that, I start seeing promos for stuff like Raising Dad, and I'm like, what the fuck is this network doing? Raising Dad came before (sighs) Angel, don't worry. Right, but it was like, I was just remembering, like, promos of that show in my head as Angel's being canceled, or I'm watching it on the bubble. And it was just like, this is what they're putting their money for, is like... Beauty and the Geek and this and it's like yeah, I end up liking Beauty it, yeah. and the Geek when I Beauty watch it eventually. The, yeah, Beauty and the Geek's definitely one to complain about. Uh. <laughs> it felt like the kind of thing that of like, okay, I could watch this on a rainy day, but put it on the VH1 network or something. Don't put it on a network where you're gonna run off good episodes of like Jack and Bobby that could come out oh, yeah. instead you're putting this stupid shit in. Like, no, get me out of here. So yeah. I definitely think that like I have a certain amount of like I don't want to like this show going into it, but I'll be honest with you, I kind of liked it. Like it was not terrible, and I think it's partly because it's just like. At the end of the day, if you put Bob Saget as a widower with a bunch of girls, you're never going to be a terrible, like, it's just going to be kind of, like, stupid. It could be really bad, but- and I think it's really charming. I don't think this episode was, like, especially, like, hilarious or funny or that good. Yeah, there might have been a better episode like, we could have watched. It wasn't, but- I just, like, obviously, you picked the one that has the LFO guy <laughs> for, of course. for stunt casting, because they promoted that. And it's like, that's, of course, it's the episode you choose. To, so, I mean... There's a reason why, like, I had it, and I like I've watched most of the episodes already, and like I unfortunately deleted the better quality ones. But it's just like it's it's just a charming show with like a bunch of good comedic actors. Um, I, I would love to see a promo where it's just like on the next episode of Raising Dad, we have Rich Cronin from LFO. Because I, I, like, I remember, what it was like. I remember them yeah. literally saying Rich Cronin from LFO, like from LFO. Because yeah. there's no way I love the sweet guy. Definitely had to say from LFO. Like it was the type of thing where it would be like. Oh, coming up next on WB. It was like that's the sort of stuff you promote all it's the time. Like it's like if one of the one of the guys from BB Mac were in the episode, you have to be like, it's like like in that episode yes. of Even Stevens where they have to say every character, like everyone from BB Mac's name multiple times. Like you mean those are the three actors from BB Mac? <laughs> yes, the three actors from BB Mac. It's just very, it's very. Uh, heavy. Should we? But also, should we watch the BB Mac episode of Even Stevens? Of Even Stevens, yes. That's that's all we're coming with. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, write that down. That's actually there you necessary. Go. <laughs> the BB the BB Mac episode, a classic of Even Stevens, a classic episode of television. Honestly, Jesus, it just sounds like a fucking like riddle. Okay, the BB Mac episode of Even. Stevens. Ask children these days, what was BB Mac? Oh god! Uh, Honestly, what was BB Mac then? That, I, I was always confused about their name. That, but I know oh, that, it's because they're like that meme. Though. I'm gonna tell my kids this was BB Mac. <laughs> <Can> we... <laughs> I like I, of what? I, that's what I want to know. What, what could it be? Of what? <laughs> it's rich Curtin from. But no, it's literally just a picture of BB Mac. I was like, I'm gonna tell these kids, my kids this was, this was BB Mac, and it's just a picture of BB Mac because who would know the difference? <laughs> god, we have to educate people. <laughs> And to think, when we were young, people were really educated people. They had full episodes of even Stevens about it. <laughs> Just to remind you who, who they were. Oh, God. And they all have, like, definite... Like, that's the thing. Or, like, Aaron Carter on Lizzie McGuire. Like, they would have definite personalities. Like, they had a whole, like character like it's they didn't just stunt cast someone they gave him a whole life <laughs> so like, why weird. who cares i'm gonna tell my kids this is chrissy's carlson romano on sabrina it's like why are we like giving each of these guys a, a line <laughs> like we just just why are we giving sing? backstreet boys a backstory where they drink the talent potion and they can sing now do they go to that school no idea kevin's a full-grown man <laughs> and we we did that episode for the show we did Yes. And we're doing it again we're right, now. right now. Right <laughs> now. Buckle up. All right. <laughs> Greetings, everybody. All right. Okay. All right. So, okay. So, first of all, the show starts out being kind of like ho-hum. 
But, like, at the end of the day, it's kind of just, like, a dad is a teacher, has, like, a problem at school, comes home and deals yes. with it. Like, just sort of, like, standard, like, teacher, dad, like, sort of, like, any other family that's, like, basing the dad as the main character. I mean, which is cool, because yeah. it's, like, okay, I am not usually, like, seeing this kind of stuff from Bob Saget mm-hmm. on, fam- on um, what do you call it? A full house. It's, like... Like, he didn't yeah. have that major plotline a lot. It's also... I, I, as much as I enjoy this show, just on just a generic, it's fine level... The title makes no sense. <laughs> right. It's not, not like, raising their father. Yeah, he's not like a bad dad or like someone who's struggling because his wife is dead. He's a good father who's like also like the cool teacher. He, like, the only time he's really not cool is when he accidentally embarrasses Kat Dennings like at school. But it's one of those things where I mean, he's a dad. Yeah, the, it, and a teacher. So that's, that makes sense. He would do that. I keep being like, is raising dad a pun of some sort? But it's not. I mean, obviously the theme is a bop, but. <laughs> The title makes yeah. no sense. Too many cooks, you mean? You mean when it cuts to literally playing too many cooks and I started screaming at my screen? Because I'm telling you guys, I've never, I mean, I knew too many cooks was definitely a spoof on like a lot of stuff I liked growing up, but this is almost like, I, I'm going to try and play both if I can get you to I'll link up the one and I'm going to play too many cooks in another window and you can play them both at the same time. They won't be exactly the same song, but like you're going to be like, Holy shit! It's quite close. Mostly because it has that woman just going like raising dad, raising dad, dad, and it's like oh my god. I love, but her. also like quite old fashioned. I thought it was gonna be like a hip, like like the hip, quote unquote hip, but like someone that's like new metal, like raising dad, like you know what I mean, like all those like yellow card type stuff in the nineties and two thousand. Like how maybe it's me had simple plans. I do anything as a theme. Yes, exactly. That's the vibe I felt like we were going for. Probably because, like, what I like about you is around now. And even though that had, like, a, a more cheery theme yeah, song, that was it was Lilix. still, like, a rock Lilix, baby. Right. So it's like, I could totally see them doing that. And instead, it cuts to, like, I swear to God, it sounds like it's, like, all in the family. Isn't the, it's, like, like, it's like whoa. the Gilmore Girls theme song, honestly. Yes, but it's but it too many cooks. <laughs> anyway, so they start out with the family breakfast before this, though. And I just wanted to say, we, we, we've been breezing over all of this. Obviously, we know that Kat Dennings is who we've mentioned that. Bob Sack is the main character. But we've kind of only briefly mentioned that the little sister in this show is the Academy Award winner, <laughs> Brie Larson. Brie Larson, who? It's crazy. The, in every the, other scene she's in in this show has blue pom-poms in, pony, in pigtails. Uh, the moment- Fluffy! Like- I, <laughs> I have to acknowledge the moment where, where Rich uh, from LFO says to her, because she's about to ask him a question, he's like, yeah, I'll marry you. Like, kind of like the thing before with Captain Ings. And she's like, ew. It's like, wow, every lesbian Brie Larson fan is so happy right now. Yeah, lesbian she is not icon. having him at all. The difference, she's clearly only there. For, she's uh, shamelessly like, yeah, I just want him for the tattoo he has, because I want to bring him to a like, school presentation ew. where I can show his tattoo. Ew, a man. Yeah, and then, like, first she hates him, then she realizes he has a tattoo she can use, and then he becomes, like, an object she can use. It's just, it's amazing. But she's played as, like, you know, like, this smart-ass little sister. Yeah. Sort of like a Phil Phil, Phil Future kind of vibe, or something like that, where it's, it's just sort of like yeah. a know-it-all younger But it's just so amusing, yeah. given the discourse about Brie Larson now, that she immediately, yeah. a, a, a cute guy is, like, being sweet to her, and she's like, ew. Quite literally a, like, teenage heartthrob who was on Teen Beat, <laughs> which I would bet, or at least one of those types of, yeah. like, Tiger Beat. And she was like, no thanks. <laughs> so, that's great. It's a great origin story. Uh, <laughs> it's weird, though, because I remember them being older. Like, I know that she was always kind of youngish at this point, because she was had to have been, literally. But Kat Dennings, I just felt like she was so old by this point, because she had already done other stuff. And so I felt like I already knew her, and I was like, wow, she's so old. Why is she still playing a teenager in high school? It's like, oh no, she's, like, a, she's, she's a child. Totally not like... <laughs> right, and then even when I'm watching her now, I'm like, oh, she's so a child in this. It's just that, like, I felt like I've known her forever, because she's just been around for so long. And she's always sort of had a much more, um, like, you know, intellectual vibe, so mm-hmm. she seemed older very young. And it, it's funny, though, because like, when you see the two of them together, you're just like, oh my god, they're little itty-bitty babies. But now they're both, like, in major Marvel movies. And now, yeah. And, like, enormously, famously talented women. It's crazy. Now they're just both it's very hot girls. <laughs> yeah, and also just, like, very much the B players in this. Like, not a major... I know that, like, Kat Dining has a major plot, but, like, it yeah. is definitely Bob He Sack's has show. more in other it's episodes. It's funny to see them play... Yeah. Mm. 
it's weird to see him play like, play like such second fiddle to him. Whereas like nowadays, if he was in a show with them, he would definitely be like eighth or ninth cast <laughs> as like a cameo. Uh, it's like the reverse effect. But otherwise, it's been, it's uh, basically just like a family show. They start out eating breakfast. Was it? Uh, Coulier showed up in Kat's uh, current show, Dollface, and I'm like, is this like, a, did she call in a favor with her, her dad, Bob Saget? Right. I know, right? It's hilarious. Oh, jeez. So they start out just sort of like introducing the family. They've already been in, established as him being a widower, um, raising the two daughters. She's, I think, a, at least a senior, like close to a senior in high school. She's probably a sophomore, She's most likely, because that's just how yeah. shows are. <laughs> Somewhere around that middle age, not too young, not too old, but definitely in high school. Uh, and like then the Aaron Carter the, song, the, not too young, not too old, <laughs> not too young, not too old. But it's just like she's just the you. She's going to a party, but she's not like the fact that he like quote unquote hits on her is not that creepy because you don't ever really feel like she'd be interested in him. He's too young. She has no interest mm-hmm. in him. I feel like right. Like that's yeah. It's not like her. she's. It's not like she's crushing on him. She's like literally. She's impressed by him as a writer. She's, yeah, because she's I'd be worried. Say for example the girl she the party the allison that we'll get to in a little yeah. bit like the, the popular girl if she got alone with him i feel like she's trying to fuck him yes exactly so we never get those vibes from from cat dennings which is kind of nice because otherwise it would have been a very different episode although i feel like he has principle and he would have also politely turned her down immediately but yeah. who knows uh but she's not like old enough, not old enough, but like <laughs> someone who's acting like she's older or something like that like she's very much just like a young kind of like I would say nerdy-ish, but it's she's got a weird vibe. They they kept casting her as nerdy for so long just mm-hmm. because she talks fast. Well, but like it's because she, she is has, a literal like pinup model. She has person. brown hair, the color of dirt. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> but it's it's insane. Like I mean, like I I like her in in Thor and other things, but like that character is essentially just like a a comedian. Like you don't need her to be a scientific intern slash person or whatever. I don't know what she does. <laughs> so. It's weird. It's just, it's a funny, like, bit. I, I don't mind her being that. Hell, you have her good jobs. But it's just, it's funny to me in this where she's sort of playing, like, the nerdy, uncool girl at school. Because I'm like, she's better looking than the popular girl. <laughs> like, I don't understand this. Yeah. Well, the popular- and they're all talking about her, like, oh, Allison's so cool. It's like, the popular right. girl is blonde, so. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how it amounts. Th- thin and blonde. And I think, I know that, like, this is already when she was definitely well known to the point where, like, people were like, oh, it's Kat Denning from stuff. Maybe it, like, takes a little bit longer for her to become literally, like, two broke girl level of, like, okay, she's attractive. Because at least on that show, people are clearly playing her out to be the, like, bombshell that she really yes. is. Because for years, I feel like this is still the time where they would put her in, like, a frumpy sweater. And they'd be like, oh, Kat Denning, she's this goofy girl. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm from, I, she talks like I do because we're both from Philly. It's just one of those things. You talk very quickly. You have like really weird uh, rambly intonations. And I feel like she just kind of gets lumped into being like a nerd. Whereas everything I've ever seen her in, she's usually just like a cool chick. Which is awesome. It's not a bad thing. I <laughs> am like, looking forward. I am looking forward to her reprising her Thor role in uh, WandaVision. I'm excited for WandaVision. For sure. It's going to be insane. Yeah. I just find her very, like, approachable. Like, in a way that's, like, very no-nonsense, honest, very, like, relatable. And, I don't know, I just want more people like that in those types of roles. Because usually it's, like, a lot of people who, I mean, even someone like Brie Larson, who I guess on paper looks more like the traditional, you know, blonde hair than whatever. But, like, she went on to do, I feel like, again, she looks so young in this, but, like, I remember her being on, like, United States of Terror for so long. She feels like she's been acting for t- 30 years at this point. And she is such range from that show. It's just, like, I she is so boundless. And, like, I don't think that it's quite the same level of, like, they treat Kat Dennings now a little bit better. They treat her more like a Brie Larson has always been treated. But yeah. I, just, I, I just, I wish I had more of her as a sitcom star that I could watch. Because I'll be honest, I tried to watch Two Girls and I didn't love it. Um, so this is it's, kind of refreshing. It's not great. And I feel did like you get a, did you good. get a chance to watch Dollface? Not yet. Dollface is good. Yeah, that makes me happy because I feel like she's one it's, of those people that's always watchable, no matter what she's in. Yeah, it's like um, basically a, a woman centric, mansicky um, woman. Oh, okay. Because I've I yeah. don't think I've ever disliked like even like her more like uh, traditionally kind of like stodgy roles like a Nick and Nora or something like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like, I mean, she's fine. She does what she needed to do for the role. You may not like the movie, but, like, she's great. She's likable. She's cute. That's all she needed. Like, it's... 
I don't think that she ever really got quite the kind of breakout role that she deserved. I and mean, hopefully this will be more of that for the new. In theory, part. they're not the same type, but I feel like Aubrey Plaza kind of stole her thunder. Yeah, it's a very similar vibe. It's definitely like that kind of like acerbic, stone-faced, mm-hmm. um, you know, dry sense of humor. But even yeah, it's Plaza, one of those things like where recently, it's annoying. I feel like they definitely went out for the same auditions. Yeah, often. And, I don't know what the, I mean. If Dollface is good, maybe we can just get more of that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just I think she's just one of those people that's like, why yeah. aren't they giving her more Dolph- roles? Yeah, Dollface has been renewed for a second season, I believe. Yeah, good. So, I mean, we got Kat Dennings, we got Brenda Song finally getting the respect she deserves. Right. We got Shay Mitchell killing it once again. Hmm. We got Esther Rovitsky. We got Malin Ackerman. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. list. I mean, I just need more of that in my life, please. Uh, but so she's we got Margot she's Robbie in an episode, honestly, because she's the executive producer of the show. Yeah. Oh wow, that's nice. That's really Margot Robbie man. killing it always. Now I gotta watch that. That's something to do. Good. All right. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, so okay, we should intro the fact that like okay, we say LFO is guest starring, blah, blah, blah. we never really kind of introed his character on the show. So um, <laughs> LFO is guest starring. <laughs> I'm not referring him to Rich ever again. It's only LFO. Uh, uh, but but Mora Mora when he, when he met you, he said his name is Rich. <clears throat> you look like a girl from Abercrombie and Fitch. I I don't Chinese food's delicious, so I don't really give a shit. All right. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so yeah, so he he shows up as the childhood uh protege slash bad student slash turned out to be good student. I don't know, kind of like a think... he lost cause that ended up being good. Kind of is I think the vibe he's kind of like yeah, like a uh, wrong side of the tracks, but like a, a goodwill hunting, if you will. Uh, yeah, and he was yeah he. Despite the fact he probably wasn't the best student because he probably didn't apply himself. He was probably, yeah, Saget saw potential in him and everything. Apparently he was, like, always at Saget's house. So, like, that's also the thing where he's kind of, they, they don't do, like, a creepy thing because he's kind of, like, a big brother to the girls, too. That might be part of it, yeah, because it's unclear. Because he says, like, I'm the worst student ever. And then and Saget's like, yeah, he's the worst. And then he's like, actually, no, you were the greatest. And it's like, I can't tell how much they're being serious. Because I kind of could see it both ways. He probably was, like, a bad student in general. Like, probably did not do well in classes. But he probably, like, Saget probably saw that he was a good writer. And that was, like, the thing. It that, kind like, of reminds me. I mean, it's just, I mean, it just happens to be the most recent show I've watched. But the, the vibe between the two of them reminds me of a Jake Peralta and a Ray Holt. Where it's kind of like, I see that you have... Uh, intelligence or capabilities but you're just a complete like fuck up and maybe yeah. someday you'll figure it out for now I'm going to treat you like an adult maybe you'll act like one and I think he eventually did act like one but yes. just outside of where they were living he moved away and then became an adult learned yeah. to write on his own basically like says he learned to write because he was so he admired him so much growing up he was such a great dad such a great influence teacher everything so he's very much like i say protege because it's like it's funny because he didn't actually teach it's it's kind of almost like i see how they kind of say the quote-unquote raising dad because it's like why is Saget taking more credit for it kind of in a way where he sort of acts like or maybe he was like a shittiest teacher in that sense but we were not hearing it so here what i mean is like he's saying like you're you were such an influence to me and Saget's like, oh, I treated him like he's just whatever, and he left. And it's like, well, if he was that good in a writer, and you're that surprised he's that good a writer, you should have known that when you were his teacher, right? But I guess maybe he wasn't at a place where he had the experience, or like maybe college. I training. mean, we don't really know. It's not really clear what prob- happened. Probably for the best, though, that we're not getting an episode where it's just like Saget having a big head the entire time. That's true. I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to say like he should be like you every you owe everything to me like it's fucking rose's turn or some shit but like it's just <laughs> yeah it's, it gets turned yes but it's just like, bob is gone bob is gone. but yeah it's just it's definitely the kind of sense of um i owe it all to you and he's like what <laughs> it's just like well shouldn't you have noticed that you were influencing this heavily at the time because otherwise how could you just become amazing overnight it's just kind of odd um, I mean, this, this kid was, like, apparently hanging out, like, out at your house with your kids, like, all the time growing up. Like, you should have known that you were important to his life. They treated... Okay, here's what I'm... Okay, this is... The, uh, hopefully this makes sense. This is my new metaphor. I'm thinking of it like it's a Jake Peralta and Ray Holt, but they treat it like it's Kevin Klein and Kevin Dillon and in and out Like, that's the... Yes, level. it's very in and out and I'm it glad you brought it up. It is extremely in and out and it's kind of weird, because it's like... Because we have out. not forgotten... The movie In and Out. No, and not forgotten. And also, In and Out somehow is better, and it's like In and Out's awful in parts. Like, but somehow it, I think it just doesn't. Probably. Know. In and Out, I feel like maybe holds up better than you would think it does. 
parts maybe of it. parts of it <laughs> parts of it are cool i watched it like a couple years ago and it was it was good but it was definitely one of those movies where i'm like whoa a lot of this will be changed kinda like, now kind of like three to tango yeah it's like okay yeah you were yeah. crazy progressive in some ways but then not another or like <laughs> the entire character of uh martin short in uh father of the bride or something like that like you just oh, randomly, bride, yeah. you show up and you're like oh this is like the first time i've ever seen a gay person on screen and they are a total stereotype mm. <laughs> and it's like okay but yeah so all i mean is like the, the vibe he gets from this rich from from rich coming back or lfo coming in is the uh oh it's my student i didn't think anything of turned out to be a huge success and it's kind of fucking my life up right now because he's now kind of he's couch surfing he has to explain to the kids who this guy is again he has to reintroduce him to all the students he just sort of seems like typical bob saget even his nice character you know danny tanner is kind of a oh wow like an eeyore a vibe where he's just like yeah this guy happens to be this hugely famous guy and it's kind of funny because like he Mm. introduces him sort of like oh my friend's coming to town and they're all like isn't he famous now? And he's like, yeah, a little bit. Then you see him at school introducing him, and the guy is clearly a celebrity. And it's like, oh, Bob Saget's just completely mm-hmm. over this kid and thinks of him like a former student, yeah, not he's like a like, celebrity. He's like a young, like, literati hotshot right now. I don't know who you basically. As, but definitely famous, I, I would say. I mean, because I, I keep, like, thinking of, like, a Brett Easton Ellis, like, but obviously Oof. in a more contemporary era. Maybe like a John I mean, Green or like, something? I don't know. Like, someone I'm like, famous. Like, not now, Ellis. Like, 80s Ellis. That's why. Yeah, I don't even know who's that famous from books anymore. Like, it sucks. It's all people who are yeah, already that's famous. That's the thing. That's why That's why, I, that's why my <sighs> comparison was to the 80s. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just, it's good. It's good writing. It seems to be good writing, and he seems to be, like, a good guy. But it's sort of just, like, Bob Sackett doesn't see what the big deal is about him. And everyone else is, like, falling all over him. The thing is also that Saget has not read uh, LFO's book yet because he's oh. afraid, like, what if it's bad? Yeah, perfect. That's a, that's a good example of, like, he clearly doesn't even care enough to read the fucking book. The guy autographed it, gave him an early set, like, release before it was even actually published. Yeah, he gave him an advanced copy So he wanted probably, like, his his notes, honestly. And we we can't tell yet. We find out later on in the episode why, but at the beginning we just think it's because he's just, he seems kind of like an asshole or just, like, very, like, blasé, doesn't really care about it. We tr- it turns out it's partly just because he's probably a little bit resentful or at least like jealous of the fact that like he became this ba- basically like major celebrity of, of um, yeah. literary fame. Whereas Bob Saget, who is also a successful writer, was not ever able to do it that big. Like he just became a teacher, which is not bad. I mean, it's just definitely mm-hmm. different than the, you know, life career that, that uh, LFO took. But, uh, yeah, so, anyway, so he, he introduces himself as sort of just, like, this, like, nice, simple little childhood friend. We find out he's a much bigger deal. It immediately starts to send, like, ripples throughout the school because the popular girl, Allison, who uh, Kat Dennings is obviously always trying to get on the good side of, comes up to her unprompted and is like, hey, so I heard that you're friends with this famous guy, Dash. Can you get him to come to my party? And she basically is like, oh, yeah, of course. If I can come, too, and my friend here can come, too. Now, I the ripple we have was blurry. The friend there is Riley Smith, or I can't tell because in the in the credits, no 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 no, no. that's not Riley Smith. Who is so, that? So Riley Smith? Josh. Okay, so first of all, Riley Smith, yeah, uh, plays a character who ends up being like Kennedy's like love interest. Oh, okay. That was actually the first time I ever saw Riley Smith. In I was like squinting my eyes, like I cannot be Riley it's Smith. Not Riley Smith. I was like, I don't like his voice at all. He's that nice southern draw. Josh is a uh, play. I, I hate the character Josh. First of all, that yeah, is like sucks. one character I'm just like I don't like him at all. Uh, he is played by on. Anna Ferris's first husband, the one she left for Chris Pratt. Yikes. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Uh, but yeah, so he, interesting character, I guess. Like, he's supposed to be kind of like a friend. They don't seem to have any interest. It's genuinely like a friendship, it seems like, which is nice. Yeah. But he's they, interested they don't in ever- Allison, I'm not. sure if the show had gone on, he would have. They would have played up like possibly being together, which honestly he sucks. So hopefully not. I wouldn't have wanted to see that. But uh, so the other friend who shows up like for a scene, who his idiot Evan, uh, played by Bo Warwick, he is like now probably better known for his uh, run on the middle, where he like plays the sweetest guy in the entire world, Sean Donahue, and he's like really adorable and cute. But here he's like a dummy and. It's hmm. one of those things where it's like, how is he so dumb? Because this is not okay if you're this dumb. But I do, I did laugh at the line, you can't have more than one wife. That's bigotry. And like all the confidence with which he said it. Like, you know what? You sold that. You sold that <laughs> line. And I, I feel like, 
I you need to have some people like that in this type of show. Like you can't have always yeah. just like all great characters. You need to have some dummies in the in the mix because then Kat Dennings is made to dunk on her friends. Like he she's making yeah. fun of him the whole time. Like I you can't have a character like her and not have like zingers constantly because she just like she literally has the delivery and the speed of like a vaudeville comedian. Like you have to give her like like zingers. I don't know how to describe it. Like I don't Honestly, know. I have seen uh, a movie without her yeah. making fun of people basically. Yeah. The show was kind of. I feel like they just weren't ready to be a show. The show was kind of weird in casting. So if you look at the Wikipedia, it says like Megan Good is a series regular because she is Brie Larson's best friend, and then they basically alternate between Megan Good being in the show as her best friend and then uh, Camille Guati uh, also being in the show as her best friend. I don't think they're ever in an episode together. It's just like here, just choose one of the best friend, and there'll be an, an, like uh, there'll be an episode sometimes. Um, <sighs> I don't it's even think making in that many episodes. I think Camille Guati might be in more episodes, but it's just one of those things where why do we have to keep having Josh? No one needs Josh. Yeah. Josh's perspective as the the white guy who has a crush on every hot girl and no one talks to him is not an interesting perspective at all. No. And and it's only really interesting because it's like I'm more fascinated because then when okay, moving on from there, the minute she goes to ask Dash. He's like, "Yeah, of course I'll go." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like I didn't think that was gonna be that easy. So he's just, I guess, like a nice guy, quote unquote. But also, I was immediately like, "You're saying like, um, they're quite young. This is kind of weird." But I think he has that kind of like he's gonna show up, make an appearance, shake hands, maybe read from the book, and then leave. Like he's not gonna go and like, yeah, hopefully hook up with that girl. But yeah, uh, ew, no, I, I, I didn't get that. Which maybe nice. he should have been gay. Maybe it should have gone full in and out. Oh, that would have been nice. He, he would like try to like kiss him at the end. So I guess like, oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's also like saying weird shit, like, you know what I did at your age? And then Kat Dennings is like, girls my age? I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's why I say, like, she is literally delivering jokes that, like, kids that watch the show are not understanding. Like, that is a level of, like, not that it's, like, the greatest joke in the world. It's, it's kind of still stupid. But it's funny in a way that that's like a Saget joke, but it gave, they gave it to Kat Dennings. Because I think that he it had did. a heavy hand in, like, making the show funny. I think to want like, yeah to want to do another family sitcom because we all know Saget's like he's like the dirty comic and that's the whole thing and it was it was so against type when he was cast Danny Tanner so like everyone knows this because they never shut up about that um so yeah. obviously if he's gonna do another family sitcom he's gonna like have more like a foul mouth daughter this, at this point yeah yeah and that's what Kat Dennings could do I mean this wasn't the kind of show where she'd actually fucking curse but you know she would definitely. <laughs> say some horrible shit to people constantly and i think in general she just kind of has his similar delivery like you can kind of see the 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 casting makes sense because like he has a similar type of like delivery that she does where it's a dry serious like acerbic Mm -hmm. it's interesting sardonic and it's also written by bj novak like we were mentioning earlier so it tracks like it has a similar sensibility that his his episodes had and his character i think it's really good father-daughter casting for them it works like Saget and Dennings I wish I honestly just wish the show was bluer like it was not dark dark enough or like um I mean it's pretty dark there's a widow but I mean there's not as much like yeah blue enough I would say where it's like you could actually be a lot more like more edge yeah like his actual dirty ish stuff which he's definitely 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 dirtier than Danny Tanner here but it's definitely not a second routine at like the comedy store so yeah. it, it could go ways i would say um it would probably have been a better show to put on, like fx or something but um anyway so she she introduces the the girl to or she's going to introduce the girl to um dash at the party which is cool but in the meantime dash, dash is lfo the by the way yeah because we haven't said dash this entire time until now. i hate the name dash that's part of it it's like what kind of a name dash, is dash? richardson is not the name of this like up-and-coming writer that everyone loves it's just not a thing and at one point the grandfather like leaves without him like it's, there's like certain jokes in here that definitely are not 100 percent great it's just sort of like the grandfather had him out who's gonna be driving him to his next like interview and the father the grandfather left they're like he'll figure it out eventually and come back Meanwhile, Dash is just hanging out oh, at the also, house, I guess. Uh, the grandfather's played by the great Jerry Adler, who Terrific. is, I'm sure you guys, if, you, if you're watching The Good Fight and have watched The Good Wife, you, you, you know him currently as Howard. Oh, oh, racist, sexist, uh, lost Howard. Jesus. But he's, he's okay. He's a former baseball player based off the show notes, but he yeah. seems like a very nice enough dad. I mean, he didn't seem like he was a yeah. grump or anything, but definitely like out of touch, I would say. It's one thing I like about the show. So 
again, I don't think the title makes sense, but like I no. do like the generational dad thing. And the, uh, part of the story is that like he, so he was a Red Sox, so, <laughs> so he was a Red Sox. So he didn't really have Wait time. Wait a minute. To, like, I think you were right. I think when you were a singular Red Sox, you become a Red Sox instead of Red Sox player. It's, bec- it's because the X, the X is why I'm like, I don't know how to, how to sing it. <laughs> he, so he didn't really have enough time to, you know, be around for uh, Saget, his son, raising him. But like, since like you know now he's living with him and like helping with the girls now they have like more of a like a better father son relationship and now he can like he's like a good he's a good grandfather i really love uh the stuff with him and brie larson like they have like the most interactions usually and yeah like, they're like they're the duo and i, I really like it really is like a, cl- a more classic, um, more white, uh, gender swapped version of like one day at a time. Like that's yeah. kind of a similar and, vibe. Yeah, it's honestly probably was a great acting school for Brie Larson. Yeah, like, she acted mostly against Jerry Adler, which is uh, like, what a way to learn how to act. Jesus. Yeah, right. Oh man, but she's great, and she like gives these these one liners to him. Like they're both like looking at each other, like, "Can you believe this shit?" And it's just like, yeah, it's just even as a child, she was giving this set of dry like one line responses. It, it is weird though, because I feel like this young, she is unrecognizable. Every time yes. I watch this, I'm like, I can't, I can't see her. You know in- how sometimes you watch certain people. I mean, there's a lot of people that basically all those child actors that never grew out of their faces, unfortunately, so they never like really Fred aged. Savage. Yeah, like Fred Savage. So the even, face. even the ones that did quote-unquote age like a daniel radcliffe or something still kind of looks similar or very close to yeah. it they're not always like literally like uh uh Haley joel osmond oh, or Haley. something Haley, yeah. who literally is like the same face like there are some people that truly never age and it's almost like bad for their career she just looks like a totally different person and i would say if you gave someone a photo of her and said who is that they would not know like you would have to hear her talk and maybe see her with another video of her talking as an adult and be like yeah that's her it's the, it that was type it? Of level. yeah it, I, I I've done the math. I just checked um when her her single she said came out that was 2004. Oh, so it wasn't until like two years later that she because she was still very young then. But it wasn't until like two years until she you could like look at her and be like that's Brie Larson as I recognize her. I think like, it's because she, she gained weight, and I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it in like she's a true child here, and it's like once she, she fell, became old she enough and out. It sounds creepy, but no, it is. It's so creepy yeah. to say. I was trying to avoid saying. It. <laughs> but I was basically like she gained that, a little bit of weight. Is. But it's like, it truly is like, it's like she grew a couple inches, like a, probably like a foot or so. Like she's pretty small. And then also just like she has shoulders now or she has like a chin and she just doesn't have much of that now as a child. And that's like, she's very petite. So I, I can see how like, that's the kind of character that works for her then because it has a similar like delivery sensibility, but it's not her. So it's hard to say like, yeah, she's perfect in this role. It's more like, yeah, she was suitable. But I think she definitely gets better as she gets older. Because I feel like she has the delivery yeah, down, but the the physicality is just mm. not there at all. It's literally, I'm like looking, uh, I'm at the Wikipedia for Raising Guy, and just like looking at the title card. I, even though it's small, I, I, you can see all these actors and be like, I know who those are. I cannot, you can't recognize Brie Larson looking at <laughs> well, this well, I'll drop a, I'll drop a, uh, at least a, a photo of her around that time and you'll see what yeah. I mean. You can see like, if you really look for it, you can see it in her eyes, but it's just not someone you'd recognize off at first glance. And also what's interesting to me is like, for me, is like someone like Brie Larson is like, her delivery is so distinctive is like, by the time she was on United States of Terror, she has that kind of like, she has that mm-hmm. look, like the camera will cut to her and it's a deadpan look. And she'll blink, and she'll look up and down, and then she'll cut it'll cut away from her. Like that's a classic, like Brie Larson sort of just like one take, kind of like a John Krasinski to camera, like a very famous look for her. And I feel like that's just not even if she did that to camera here, you wouldn't recognize her because part of that look is like her body is bigger, and she feels like sort of like she's just like if I'm so annoyed at you, if you tried to physically move me right now, you couldn't. That's the kind of reaction face she gives, and I feel like she's giving it in personality here, but she's so small and demure that she's basically just like, oh, wow. Like, it's like, like those are the types of delivery she has. <laughs> and when I say, like, she has pom-poms in her hair, like, picture pigtails, tiny little thin blonde hair, and, like, big boa blue pom-poms in pigtails. Like, truly a little child and it's funny to me that like she's now such an intimidating person sometimes that she's so small there and yet she's still doing the same kind of general vibe like she's always had that personality her physicality just caught up with her basically and it's really interesting because honestly it's similar to we mentioned Kat Dennings and Bob Saget where they're all very dry deadpan she's just even smaller and more petite so it doesn't quite like read 
it it's funny because if she had been an older version of Brie Larson on the show, I bet the show would have worked a lot better. It would have like I think it would have clicked really. Yeah. I think she's just she, like needs to be a she teenager. seems maybe she seems maybe too precocious even though she's not. It's yeah. just it gives off a different yeah. type. Of, it gives off more of a Full House like a Michelle Tanner vibe than it gives off what she should be going for, which mm-hmm. is I think more to broke girls even like not that I like that show, but like that's the kind of I think they need two similar age girls to go off of each other, and they don't really have that. Quite. Also, I guess we have to put two broke girls on the list. Ugh. Well, <laughs> we could pick an episode that's not quite as racist as the worst I, episodes if we want to. I'm, I'm going to put on, I know, because I watched it for like maybe the first two seasons or something. Uh, we'll do an episode with uh, Nick Zano because those were some of the better episodes, I can tell you that. Mm, most things with Nick Zano are pretty nice though, right? Because he and Kat, I believe, were dating at the time also. Yeah, it, that seems like... I, I can't even tell that I've heard that before, but it makes sense. Because that's that's two people that are always around each other. Um, uh, but also, I mean, I, I've obviously always found Nick Zeno attractive. He's an attractive man. But it's just like, now I would like die for him because of Legends of Tomorrow. Oh my god. Legends of Tomorrow, the best show. Can we do it? Somehow find a way to do an episode of Legends of Tomorrow, even though it's a great show. Pick an episode that you like. We can do I don't care. We can do whatever. I mean, we're, right. we don't care what the, the, the format of the show is supposed to be anymore. No, that's fine. We're just talking I, about whatever. Anyway, so getting back to the story. So he, he introduces, he, he's introduced to all her friends. She's now the cool girl, basically, because she's friends with him. And uh, meanwhile, he's still chopped liver at the household. Bob Saget couldn't care less. Still hasn't read the book. The grandfather wants him to read a book, so he's kind of like winking at him, like you should read yeah. the book. It's important to read the book because he obviously is a famous author. I feel mm-hmm. like the grandfather knows where this is going to get to because he's the father. He sees what's yeah. going to happen eventually. He's just like, "Come on, dude, just get to the point." Hurry where up already! <laughs> and he does eventually read it and realize, "Oh, he's actually a very good writer. This is not that big a deal. He should have had this kind of thing." But before you can do so, Cat Dennings reads the book because now she's such a fi- huge big fan of of uh, Dash. Dash mentions how big an influence her father was, and she's like, yeah, well, I don't like my dad at all. Why would I give a shit about him and his writing? Literally, his like he dedicates his book to say it. And uh, Brie Larson's the one early, and uh, we're just using people's names. This is happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brie Larson's the one who like makes a joke about you know uh, their dad's book and how like he basically he only has like the one manuscript and hasn't you know obviously sold copies. And we weren't really uh, self-publishing back in the day. I like the idea of Bob Sack as kind of a um, disaffected dad who like could have been something someday. But I think what's interesting about the father mm-hmm. is like he's kind of like, well, fucking just write. If you think you're so good at this and you think you could do better, write. And if you don't, then that's why you're not doing yeah. better. So whatever. And it's very, very healthy advice. Yeah. So it's very, you can see that that guy's a good father. Because like you can see that he's mm-hmm. been giving him advice like that his whole life. So even when he is downtrodden, he's just like, hey, at the end of the day, if you guys, if this guy's such a good writer, it's you to, you're part of why he's a good writer. So one, be proud of that. And two. Jerry Adler is really good in the show. He really drives the whole, he's, it's funny because like he's sort of a background character for the entire episode until the very end. And then he gives this amazing like little monologue and he just sort of nails the entire plot down. It's amazing. You need people like that in these types of shows. I mentioned one day at a time because it's very much like the kind of thing that you're going to read in there. It's like, you need someone who like comes through with the morale at the end and it's like whoa like you understand why he's doing everything up until that point better because he's had that kind of a father in his life like he's had that kind of like oh he he's never rude to to lfo like he's always kind of just like okay i understand why everyone loves you you're obviously a very cool dude but i bet your writing's not that big a deal and then he eventually reads it he's like oh it is (laughs) whoops and and he's honestly pretty contrite about like he doesn't really care that he's better he's sort of just like yeah it had figures like you know my luck will be this that he's better mm-hmm. but even when he figures out that like you know he might he might be the kind of person who has to let his student outgrow him he his father still is like by the way if he wrote more yeah. he's probably just as good as him and he's like mm. so it's a very nice like trade-off i feel like in the end like they don't ever it's really a- make him a bad guy yeah the the worst like second has before like the confrontation really is that he it is kind of what we were talking about before no no he's worried that because it's so good that like obviously he had no influence on how good of a writer lfo is oh yeah he he, like he settles down on the line of basically just like dash is a better writer than me let's just face it and it's just like okay maybe for now but again that's skill like if you put time and energy into it you'll get better than him again like, he just happens to be the person who just wrote a book. Like, Bob Saget's character is implied to have just been teaching for years and not have written anything since. This this book that they're talking about, he potentially stole. 
was from like the 80s yeah. or something so it's been a long time since he's even written it or i guess like the 90s i don't know when he was his teacher but mm-hmm. lfo's like in his 20s yeah it would have been, been a while. it was eight years ago so it would have been the 90s yeah, yeah it was so eight years ago. it's been a while and we're talking around it but essentially <laughs> wow but so what happens is dash comes back with this new book once we mentioned that, you know, uh, Bob Saget is such a huge influence on him and Kat Dennings is like, well, let me just see what the whole fuss my dad, my dad's book's about. She reads that book is like, um, this is basically the same book as Dash's, or at least the plot seems very similar with like different, different, like, um, a different job title for the main character or, or profession, I guess you could say, yeah. like a different uh, ability, but like otherwise similar in, in origin. And like, she's worried that he basically just... Like- well, the same premise the same yeah. premise yeah, yeah and she's like oh no because he would have read this because he was around at that time and she's like worried to have to actually say something at first she decides to like not say something so she can keep him at the party and stay popular but she and, has and because brie brie larson wants to show off the tattoo to school <laughs> so the sisters have this moment in the in the room which is kind of actually rad and dark where they both openly get to the point where they acknowledge they know that this guy might be a fraud and they're like but you still want to use him anyway right and it's like yeah let's look like, wait till monday and it's like Jesus. The, dark, the dark part is that like kettenings wants to like reveal it immediately even though it might jeopardize the party but it's brie larson who pushes her into like i need this tattoo for school and then when she realizes that she's gonna have to deal with the, the friends not liking her anymore she's like you're right let's do this and this is like again a 10 year old like who's manipulating yeah. her so it's very dark <laughs> and it's funny too because it's like they're in a room talking about this and she explains like exactly how bad it is so like she's not like it's not like she's like oh it doesn't realize just how horrible it could be it's like she knows immediately the moral issues of it and she's like but i really want him to come to the party so <laughs> let's just keep on on telling and my, and my little sister said it was okay so <laughs> <laughs> right and i it's nice because i mean well it, at one point she does eventually break and tell him Partly because she can't stand the fact that, like, he's getting all the praise and her father's getting literally nothing. But there is this hilarious, like, stand-up routine where you find out the reason why he named the char- they named the character Dash is so that Bob Sacken can do, like, five minutes on the word Dash in the middle of the episode. Mm-hmm. But it works. And uh, at that point, Kat sees him basically openly, not bragging, but, like, you know, getting praised for being a great writer. And she's sitting there like, oh, my God, my dad's the one that wrote this book. Yeah. So she just can't, can't handle do it. this anymore. And she just, step, like, you know, gets up and walks out of the room. But, like, that, even that, like, other shows would have a shitty scene where she, like, raises her hand in the classroom and confronts him and, like, causes a scene. This show yes. is like, nah, I'm gonna you leave. Gonna, gonna happen. And I'm just gonna politely ignore it. And so, even then, like, she never actually pulls her dad aside. She just leaves the room. Her father has to come to her and say, what's wrong? It's almost a little Gilmore girly too, I guess maybe because it's a single father. Like, he's just going to her and saying, what's wrong with you? And it's really good parenting. Like, he sees that she's upset, leaves the room, sees her alone, she breaks and says, you know what? I can't even, I can't even lie to you. And it's like, you could see the good family relationship there. So it's like good acting on their end because you're seeing a bond that's like established prior to this episode. And you see that like, he's basically oh, you're upset because you think that he stole this from me. He's like, it's okay, even if he did steal it from me, it's not that big a deal. And he eventually does read it, agrees yeah, a little he, bit. At this point, he still hasn't read it. Right. And then, so, yeah. And so then he confronts uh, LFO, despite not reading it, which is right. the issue. And then once he's, once he's when he, when he confronts him, he is definitely coming from a place of like, unfortunately, Kath Dennings is still a high schooler. So what she's read of the book is not super, I mean, it's definitely the beginning. And it's like, apparently from what, we hear later on the beginning of the book the premise is the most similar to the actual thing that he could have potentially mm-hmm. copied so she's thinking like in the very beginning like oh my god he basically just ripped you off wholesale so when she tells her father it's basically just like he's a plagiarist whereas we find out later on it's much less serious than this but like he takes her at her word and basically comes at him mm-hmm. as if he basically took yeah. copy and pasted the entire thing into a new book and it's really it, rude <laughs> it ends up being that he was inspired by the premise but he took it in a completely different direction right and i think even when he he implies it which i think is actually the best acting on on lfo's part where he says sort of like you know what i went back and reread it myself and you're right it is similar and it's like that you didn't need that part of the episode like some shows would not give you him having the type of like humility to go back and actually reread it himself and he admits the fact that it was similar and he feels bad and he doesn't need to do any of that. He was right, technically. But he admits that it was kind of similar. And Bob's like, no, it's not that big a deal. What he's saying is that he didn't even remember it. Like, he had heard it when he was a child, like, in his classroom, probably. And then it probably just stuck in his head, like a lot of thoughts do, germinated. And eventually he created his own story. And it was a whole different direction, different take. And Bob is, like, honestly, very straightforward. He's like, 
you had every right to that story. It's immediately he gives up all of the credit, he gives up all of the, the, the control over it, and just lets it be his thing. And it's kind of refreshing because honestly, I was expecting him to kind of like have more of a back and forth and like have to admit it and like confront him. The second mm-hmm. time they talk after that first initial like freak out, they're both just like, yeah, fucking bygones, right? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. They hug, it's very cute. Mm-hmm. They just basically have just- a heart to heart. I would never, I don't think the show is like subversive at all, but like it's amazing how many like um, stereotypical things or just like tropes you would expect it to hit. It does not. It goes like a different way than you expect for like really shitty sitcom. And that's mm-hmm. like, again, it's it's a pleasant enough sitcom. It's not great, but like it wasn't actively bad. And I, like it could have been better, like with some tweaks. Obviously, as we were saying, it could have been better, but like it's just. Just this one episode where you would think, oh, guest starring the guy from LFO, you're, you're imagining this is going to be a terrible episode of television. It's just I mean, not. we picked it because we thought it probably on paper looked the most weird. And it's honestly, I remember the show being bad. So the fact that it was any good at all really speaks to how like decent the actors are on it and how good the writing would have been. Because you can't kind of fake that level of at least like bare minimum jokes. So like, I'm going to at least find it charming. Like it wasn't perfect, yeah. but I was enjoying it. It's a very charming it. show. And I think what's nice, too, at the very end of it all is, like, even the, when the grandpa comes home, having, basically, he's, like, I'll go in for the daughter, the, the, the Brie Larson's character, to uh, <laughs> yeah. show his, his Navy tattoo. Because originally she wants uh, LFO because he's a new tattoo. She wants the grandfather's tattoo, but he has this, I mean, there's this, like, C-plot out of nowhere where he's just, like, no, I'm, like, embarrassed by my war tattoo where I was, like, drunk overseas and then got, like, a mermaid on there. And then he thinks it's not mm. really, like, a good thing to show kids or something. She eventually yeah. gets him to go in because, you know, they're both now on anti-LFO thinking he's a plagiarist. And the grandfather goes and, like, turns out there's a bunch of grandfathers that show up with, like, mermaids. And, like, that's <laughs> such a nice little, like, thing. Because, like, guess what? I had a great grandfatherhood. Not a mermaid, but, like, an anchor. Like, if you're in the military, you probably have that type of tattoo. And it's, like, a nice little, like, you didn't need to put a stinger on there. But they kind of, like, wrap it up for him, too, where he also is, like, helping out and, like, being adorable. Like, his plot also got a nice little ending. And I think we've watched enough stuff recently that's not that, that's refreshing to see something end that cleanly. Like, everything wrapped up and nice. I like not being so angry. Yeah, and Kat Dennings and Bob Saget's, like, conversation where they're both like, so, you know, you were just trying to protect me. And she's like, yeah. And they just, like, hug. there's everything, like, nice and happy. It's It's just nice. I don't know. I think it's a very refreshing, like, dad isn't, like, trying to control his teenage daughter's dating life. Whereas maybe there were other episodes that were more like that. I don't remember. But um, it was not the kind of show that seemed to be wholly about that. There's a thing with, like, Riley Smith's character because he is kind of a bad boy. That becomes a bit, like, that's at least not just an episode also. There's a whole arc. But also, it's not, like, the uh, whole plot, at least. It's not, like, not, yeah. to, not, not the something, somebody helped my teenage daughter. I don't remember. There's all these stupid, like, teenage <laughs> daughter TV shows. And it's just half of them are about like what the hell's happening with our sex lives. I'm like, I don't want to sit there and watch some dad trying to control whether or not his daughter's going to date the chili or the, the popular guy on mm-hmm. the team. Or uh, if the son is like out trying to like be a cool guy. I, I feel like in general, those shows tend to be all about the females dating versus men mm-hmm. that are just sort of like the main joke machines, like the little brothers yeah, or like the older brothers. And like, they're the ones getting all the cool plots. The girls are just like, dating a new guy that week anyway yeah but anyway so i think like it ends nicely they wrap it up nicely and i think in general it was like one of those shows that like oh this was actually pretty nice (laughs) which is if you're looking for something simple to watch it was on youtube and i think if anything it just makes it so much more rewarding to see where like especially like brie larson is gone or like kat dennings has also done other stuff like this it's just very fascinating to see people start out so young and like already so much in control of exactly how they are later in life like one second they're they're raising dad, the next second I want them to step on my neck, you know. <laughs> but it's truly, it's like it's like a little version of her. It's like, oh my god, it's like I was that young watching her, so I guess maybe we all just like watched her and they like, grew up with them. But it's just, it's yes. weird. We're it's like, just, we're luckily like the same age as them, so it's okay. It's not, it's not quite as weird. But it's like it's just interesting because it's like to me, Kat Dennings has always seemed like ten years older than me. So the fact she's that, like, only thirty three, which is insane, right? And when I watch this episode, I'm like, but she's a child, and it. She's not ten years older than me. I'm like, it's like when I, I was also a child. I just feel like I've been watching her forever, and she's always looked so much older than she really was for a while, at least. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, that was Raising Dad. I mean, honestly, all in all, good takeaways. Highly recommend if you ever want something. It's rare that we actually have something that's yeah, it's, so it's recommendable. A pleasant, 
Pleasant watch. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's move on to plugs then. So what's up with you? Uh, I guess I, I'm lucky enough that I'm still working because like all my stuff's like over Online. the internet anyway. Yeah. So like work, I work from home anyway. Um, nope. So just find me on Twitter at Lafergs and uh, you'll find my writings and such. And uh, soon we will have in, in the feed um, my... I guess spinoff podcast of the Televoid. Yeah. Um, the Vampire Diaries rewatch podcast called The Empire Diaries because we're so amped to watch the, the Vampire Diaries. Love uh, we knew the risks, but we had to podcast. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the tagline. And, and, it, and it truly is. It is It is a quite a risk to rewatch any episode of The Vampire Diaries, let alone all of them. It's in order yeah. and everything. It's just, a, it's an it's under, undertaking in the, the extreme. And I feel but like it's worth something, it. yeah, it something so everyone in their life should do. If you have not done that yet, I highly recommend you, well, first of all, wash your hands, stay at home, uh, but then also watch Vampire Diaries all the way through, start to finish, all the time. Do it. I might do that tomorrow. All right. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, as always, I'm at Marie on Twitter. Uh, we will be releasing a ton of episodes for the show. We have plenty of them stockpiled. Every time we attempt to release them, the world decides to uh, destroy itself uh, further. Hopefully, that'll continue to uh, stay manageable, as it seems to be right now. Hopefully, things won't get worse. But uh, we're going to release this now. Uh, we're going to release other stuff we've been sitting on. And we're going to have other future stuff, like you're mentioning, that other podcasts we'll be releasing. We have other random stuff in the past we have. If you want to go back and listen to a million episodes we've done, uh, find them. We mentioned uh, a Factory Boys episode of Sabrina. That's there. Uh, there's plenty of stuff. So find old episodes and then stay tuned for new ones. We have plenty of stuff coming out for that. And we will be recording more. Uh, if you have any other recommendations or requests that you want us to do, email us or add us on Twitter. At the Televoid or email us at Televoid at gmail.com. Um, our website is the Televoid.com. And this is the end of the Wandering Televoid, guys. See you next time. Bye bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks.